And today, as we move forward, uh, starting tomorrow, actually, uh, we will be diving into a 40-day to Pentecost, 40 day to Pentecost journey along with our church body here, along with the congregation, 40 days towards Pentecost. Pentecost is a harvest festival that we see, um, you know, in the Old Testament also, uh, but, um, you know, as, as, the, as the symbol of the first fruit, Christ Jesus raised from the dead and alive for the people, you and me, Christ God himself allotted the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit, as the people, you know, when they gather in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came as a gift promise to the people from God Almighty. Are you with me? 40 days to Pentecost will be a journey through the scriptures and uh, you know some of us will be doing some very short video recordings of that and it'll be available on our social media outlets and um, you know start your day with those scriptures start your day with meditation and prayer uh, from those scriptures that we will be posting out very soon starting tomorrow and I pray that um, it'll be a blessing to every single one of us in person or online wherever you're joining us from so Starting from tomorrow, please look out for uh, these updates on our social media platforms as we continue 40 days to Pentecost. Today, the Lord has put in my heart something that I was reading through the scriptures uh, two weeks ago. I was meditating on God's word from the, uh, Second Peter. As I was reading through Second Peter, verse 3 stood out and talked and ministered to me, and though I, I felt the prompt in my spirit that this is a message to the to the church, especially after Easter Sunday. You know, we celebrate Good Friday, we celebrate Easter Sunday after the Resurrection Sunday. You know, we gather up in God's house and the same mindset that the disciples have had, what next? Jesus rose again, what next? In the events of the Bible, you would see that Jesus spent close time with his disciples, teaching them all they had to do as they continue the great commission God has placed in their life. Are you with me, church? You know, every teacher wants to teach their students what the teacher wants the student to accomplish in their lifetime and moving forward. And the student not only, uh, 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 you know, ministers in that present or does things in that present generation, but one day, through the work of the student, the student becomes a teacher as well. The Holy Spirit is with us, who's like a teacher, a companion with us, who teaches us constantly the ways we have to live our life pleasing God Almighty. Jesus spent the rest of the days uh, we see in the scriptures with his disciples teaching them the ways they ought to live their life. They ought to conduct their life. They ought to minister to a broken world. The disciples were so used to having a savior around them. The disciples were so used to being spoon fed all the time. How many parents, you have teenagers in your house and you'd still need to spoon feed them. Uh, you know, you, you feel the pain and you know, that's exactly how Jesus felt here. Jesus was, you know, I taught you for three and a half years, but the moment you see me dead and gone, you have lost all hope and you're back into your basic business that you were doing before I called you. Are you with me church? 
Are you with me? When I called you, I placed a mandate over your life and I was teaching you the life lessons that you need to carry out so that your life will transform your generation. Your life will minister to the community from where I am bringing you out. But here is Peter and John and other disciples. You know, they are going back to all the daily wages that they used to live their life with before they met Jesus Christ. But here in the story, we see that how Jesus spent his time teaching his disciples. A disciple always learns. A student always undergoes a teaching experience with the teacher. As brothers and sisters, we in Christ Jesus, no matter how old we are, how great we are, how wonderful of a ministry we lead, we are always students of the Holy Spirit. We are always students of the grace of God Almighty that we are undergoing. We are learning things through the scriptures all the time. I want to take your attention to it. Second Peter Chapter 1, verse 3. Most of us would be thinking, what after the resurrection of Jesus? What after Easter Sunday? Today I want to talk to you. The title of my message is, Everything We Need. Everything We Need. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. This is how it goes. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of whom, of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Let me read that scripture for you. Everybody here, can we put it on the screen here? Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of, whom, of him who called us by his own glory and goodness goodness the divine power of the holy spirit the divine power of our god almighty that we get to serve has given us everything we need if i may ask this question to my church what is that one thing or what is that everything that you're working for what is that everything that will satisfy me? If that's a better question to ask. What is that everything that will satisfy a mere mortal human being that we are as the scriptures call out? What is that one thing that satisfies us? Praise the Lord. In a human understanding, if we look into, there is nothing in this world that can ever satisfy a mortal man that we are. There is nothing, wealth, it's never enough. Positions, never enough. Whatever we try to achieve by our own merits, by our own abilities, it's never, nothing is ever enough in our life because we are created in a way we are wanting more. We are surrounded by people in a way that we are wanting more of everything that we see. We're wanting more. Praise the Lord. In the garden, God placed everything for man and woman to eat and enjoy their life. But from one thing, and that's where their heart went to that. One thing that was not permissible in their life to indulge in. That's one thing what they thought will satisfy them. 
We're always craving for the more. We're always wanting for the more. Brothers and sisters, but listen to what the word talks to us from 2 Peter here as a reminder to the body of Christ gathered up and believing in the risen power of our almighty God. His divine power has given us everything we need. Number one, for a godly life. You and me, our priority in our life should be how godly you and me we are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As a child of God, nothing in this world can ever satisfy us. A worldly man, he would need more money, more sex, more uh, um, things are of the world, more alcohol, more lights and brim of the world that, that can satisfy them. But people, listen to me. 2 Peter 1.3 is a clear indication for every child of God in this room. His divine power has given us all we need for a godly life. It begins, number one, with a peace and a content life that you and me, we can live for. A content life with what we have. Praise the Lord. You know, <clears throat> as we look into that portion, there is a, a famous songwriter, a famous songwriter. This is, this is how a famous songwriter's evangelist Billy Fields, he wrote a song with a line uh, uh, in that chorus that became very famous. It says, I did not know Jesus was all that I needed until he was all that I had. Listen to this very carefully. As this evangelist writes and pens down a beautiful song for his followers, for the people to follow Christ. He says, I did not know Jesus was all I needed until he was all I had. And some of us may be in a life situation where everything that you thought will um, surround you with protection, surround you with safety, provide for your future, will be stripped and taken away from you only to make you understand there is nothing in this world that can satisfy you other than the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Everybody that you thought will come around and support you. Every person that you thought, every, every position that you thought will help you. Every wealth that accumulated thought that uh, it'll protect you. Maybe it'll provide for you. But here's the good news, brothers and sisters. Sometimes God will strip away everything that we are holding on to from our lives. So to you to understand that there is nothing else in your life other than the presence of God. Praise the Lord. And that is why even when we build wealth through different aspects, even when God helps us to pursue things in this world, God-given dreams in this world, I pray as we sang those songs this morning, Lord, in you and you alone is the, is, you alone is the foundation on which I want to build my life. Nothing more, nothing other than that. You are the foundation on which I want to build my life. You are the foundation on which I want to build my life. My future is secured in you, Christ Jesus. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 is a reminder to all of us. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 is not just a reminder to the Christians who were persecuted and scattered 2,000 years ago, but it is the same condition that I see in the New Testament church at Zion this morning. As people are watching me here or the online platform, it's a message given out to all of us. His divine power has given us everything you and me needed in our life. 
Which means, brothers and sisters, when failures happen in our life, understand. When rejections come in our life, understand. When things don't go the way we planned it to go, understand. Christ on the cross has paid for all and everything so that we can live a life filled with contentment in our heart. Being content in the presence of God is not only when you have everything. Are you with me? Being content in the presence of God, even when you don't have it, you're still saying, God, in you, and you satisfy all my needs. Even when I don't have a job, even when I don't have that money, even, I, when, even when I can't do things that I want to do, I can still be content in the presence of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Praise the Lord. I can still be content in my God Almighty. To be content in Him comes from the faith and the understanding that he is all I have ever needed in my life. And that's why I wanted to point out my message to the church today. Everything I need in my life. What is everything that we need? As a human being, we need a house, a shelter. We need food. We need money. We need influences. We need people. We need friends. We need all of that. But understand when we build all of that together, Christ is that foundation on which we are building. And he becomes and he makes us content even when everything that we have built in our life is stripped away from our life. We come back to the understanding, Lord, you are all I ever wanted. You know, the New Testament Bible says, seek ye first the, come on, help me church. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything. What's the word? What is our priority? To seek the kingdom of God. I pray that we as a child of God, we will not lose our focus from what we are pursuing. And this morning, my message is to everybody listening to me. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else that we have ever needed in our life will be added to you. But our priority is his kingdom first. Praise the Lord. You would see that from a godly person. What is it when we say for a godly life? What, is, what does it mean for a godly life? What does it mean to be known as a godly? He is a godly man of God. He is a, she is a godly woman of God. What does it mean? Huh? The divine nature of God likeness in us. That when we walk around, people see, oh, you know what I see? I see this person is different from everybody else. I see a divine nature in him. His walk is different. His talk is different. His, be his behavior, his family is different. His conduct, you don't have to be a pastor for it. But every single member, his, their life is different. When you lead worship, oh, this person, his anointing is different. Why? Because you are a godly person. And Christ on the cross, through his death and through his resurrection, has provided all and everything we have ever needed for our godly life. But still, we are going back into things that can give us pleasures momentarily pleasures of a little bit lifetime that we have two weeks ago we celebrated the life and the gift that God has sent in the life of uh, evangelist white Daniel 
89 blessed years. It doesn't matter how long we have lived. What matters the most is how much we have actually gave life during the lifespan God has promised us to live on this earth. How much we have provided in the life that God has allowed us to be here. Everything we needed in our life is not just counted in our wealth that we have accumulated, but how of a godly person we have become. Our wealth, we see everything all around us, but really our wealth is in the treasure that is in our heart. Praise the Lord. The wealth is in the treasure that is guarded in our heart. And I pray that it is the Holy Scriptures. I pray it is the foundation of Christ that we are building our life with. Praise the Lord. And I pray God will bless people with finances. God will bless people with all and everything. But never lose your focus from His kingdom. Never lose your focus from being and known as a godly person. Never lose your focus. And I pray we can come back to the basic of what the Christian church is all about. That we look to him and say, God, I don't care about what I have and what I don't have, Lord. All I needed was you. And in you is the satisfaction that I have, Lord. In you. Job was one of the wealthiest men alive. He was wealthy than anybody else. He had everything, you name it. He had everything. But what happened? One by one, everything is stripped away from him. But I like what Job would say. Naked I came, naked shall I return. Praise be the name of the Lord. He gave, he took away. But I will not defile his name. You are known as a godly man in the midst of your challenges. When everything is all good, it is easier to show the world that how godly you are. But when everything is actually stripped away from you, things that you trusted the most will surround you and give you a better life and protect you as you go forward. When everything else is actually that you thought will take you forward in life and stripped away from you, will you still be able to say, God, I thank you. I thank you. As a songwriter says, I thought I had everything until all I wanted in my life is Christ Jesus. Everything was stripped away so that I understand. You know, sometimes some storms come in our way just to make us understand who is the foundation at the rock bottom. Are you with me, church? Some storms will come in our life just for us to understand who is actually holding our life together? If you are the wise man, you build your house on the strong foundation, that is Christ, the storm will only reveal what the foundation was laid on. What you're building, what your house was laid on. If it was a sinking sand, everything will fall apart. But this morning as we understand from God's scriptures, listen my brothers and sisters, the priority of our life is to live a life worth of the calling God has placed in our life to be known as a godly man, a godly woman after God's heart. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 9 to 11 is a scripture that uh, the wisest man on planet, King Solomon has penned this. The wisest man on planet. 
King Solomon in all his wisdom, his glamour, he penned this down. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. As we read it says, so I became, uh, Solomon's writing it as his words, his, his writing. So I became greater than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. And with it all, I remained clear eyed so that I could evaluate all these things. Anything I wanted, I took. I did not restrain myself from any joy. I even found great pleasure in hard work, in additional reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had, worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so, what's the word? Meaningless. It was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. The wealthiest man in the world, the wisest man in the world has penned down these beautiful lines for a church today to lean on to understand where and what is our focus as a child of God. We just celebrated Easter Sunday where we celebrated Jesus rose up from the dead. What does it mean? Why did he have to do that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Every, so that I could have everything in Christ's resurrection. I could have everything in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was not only to make us kings and walk around as wealthy people, but understand the dominion that we have is not just manifested in the fleshly realms here, but it is all the spiritual and the spiritual work that God wants us to do. Listen, so I became greater. That's the word of King Solomon. He became greater than anybody else. I became greater than any of the kings. Whatever I wanted, I have taken it. I am the king, the ruler, the wealthiest man. I did not restrain myself from any joy. I thought I had everything. I thought I had everything. And I hope this is the word that is reminding some of us in this room. I thought I had everything. But it was all so meaningless. When the one thing that I thought I had was not on my side. King Solomon had it all. He had the, the money, the projects, the exciting works that he was doing. Um, people to sing songs uh, during the day, afternoon, evening. Uh, beautiful women that he took from everywhere, all around, all around the place. He possessed, he had everything that he wanted. But in the end, when he looked at all he has accomplished, all he has gathered in this life, he just had to say, Lord, this is, this is just meaningless. It does not mean anything. It does not mean anything. Brothers and sisters, I pray that even as God blesses you with materialistic things in this world, you may need it, I don't know. But even as God leads you, blesses you with that, always understand, never lose our priority. That we always become and known as the seeker of God's kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all and everything that we ever need in our life will be added to you so that you live a blessed life in Christ Jesus. But our focus must be 
kingdom. What does it mean? What does it mean? If you're a kingdom man, what does it mean? If you're a kingdom family, what does it mean? If you're a kingdom ministry, what does it mean? We think more of the kingdom, which is God's work in the place that God has kept us. His work in our places. No person has, listen to this, no person has the power to have everything they want. As human beings, we always want more. We lean for the more. No person has the power to have everything they want. But it is in their power not to want what they don't have and to cheerfully put to good use what they do have. Praise the Lord. Let that thought just sink in. Is that on the screen here? Y'all slow. No person has the power to have everything they want. They don't have the power to have everything they want. But it is in their power not to want what they don't have and to cheerfully put to good use what they do have. Sometimes we overlook what we have. We try to compare with what we don't have and if the others have it. We always want what others have it and we try to accomplish what they are doing, what they have it. Listen, your calling is different. Your position is different. What you do have, put in good use of that and that's when you see the reward of what you are using your talents with. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What do you have today? That you can value it as a treasure that this is the gift of heaven in my life. Pastor, I think I just, have, I just have 30 minutes a day and that's all I have. Brother, sister, that 30 minutes is good enough. As you develop yourself in the presence of God, I pray a transformed you will transform the family. A transformed family will transform friendships all around. A transform friendships all around will transform the community that you're part of. Pastor, I just have this in my hand. What you have, use it to the good knowledge and the blessing of people that God has placed you around with. A young boy in one of the meetings of Jesus came up to Jesus and said, I don't have much, but I have five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, that's all you have. That's all you needed. And that's all I needed. And that's all this people need here. What you have, you have given it glory to God when you brought it to the Savior. And I'm going to bless it and give it to the people. It will be a blessing for everybody around. What do you have? What do you have? Look to yourself. We always complain about what we don't have. Rather than looking into our own life and say, God, I do have something. What I have now is the blessing of heaven. And what God has provided in my life, because I acknowledge it's the blessing of heaven. That's why some of us, when we come to the God's house, we worship God. Not because the neighbor is worshiping. We worship God because we recognize everything that we have in our life is the blessing of God Almighty. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's why it doesn't matter what platform where you are at. You will start rejoicing in the presence of God knowing that all blessings in my life, even a shut door was a blessing in disguise that God has promised in my life. Everything we needed. Everything you 
needed. Listen, when you love what you have, you have everything you needed in your life. When you start loving what you have in the current circumstances of life, you have everything you have ever needed in your life. Matthew 16, 26. I'm going to wind up with this. The worship team can come behind me. Matthew 16, 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? And li li listen to these beautiful words here that, um, that has been mentioned. What is good? What good will it be for someone to have gained the whole world? But they have forfeited their own, own soul. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Brothers and sisters, listening to me and my words. Whatever we try to accomplish... Always understand the priceless possession God has placed within this earthen mortal body of ours is the precious soul of our Savior. The precious soul is the gift of God placed within this breakable, perishable, mortal body and God has placed His soul into our life no matter what we try to accomplish in our life's journey I pray that we gain the whole world but if we forfeit our soul there is nothing in exchange of that as we gather in this space to the work and the redemption of the cross we understand the power of transformation through the cross and in through that, we come to the conclusion, Lord, if Christ be anything, He must be everything in my life. Listen, if Christ be anything, He must be everything in my life. He's not just the two-hour Sunday doze that we come in the morning and gather around. Oh, what if I don't attend a Sunday service? What if I don't praise? What if I don't do that? No, brothers and sisters. If Christ be anything, He must be everything. He must be everything. Not just on a Sunday, but I pray and I plead to the church. I pray and I plead to everybody who's listening to me. Not just on a Sunday that we tune in for two hours to worship Him, to gather together. All that is good. But even during the day, even during the week, during the months to go by, even when we are in great pain and distress and everything has fallen apart in our life, I pray we will come to the understanding, Lord, you are all that I have ever needed in my life. You are all that I've ever wanted in my, in my life. Can we all rise up in God's house? As we rise up in God's house, brothers and sisters, we look to the scriptures and we understand when you start loving what you already have, you have everything that you have. And your perspective changes in what God has already blessed you with. You might be in different seasons of life this, this, this morning. You might be different seasons as you're journeying through this week or this year as you're going through. 
Some of you might be troubled in things that are not accomplished and you have fasted, you have prayed and things that you're wanting to happen. But even in the midst of you waiting for the blessing of God, the promise to be unleashed and opened up for you during that moments, during those moments, listen, all we got to do is when we come to God's presence, don't worship God for what he has you know, already done in our life, which is good. Don't worship him for what we have already seen in our life. Worship Him for also the closed doors in our life. The failures that we have gone through in our life. They are blessings in disguise for God to lead us into a pathway that leads us into the promise of heaven. So that we live a life worth of the calling, worth of the knowledge of Christ. Known to be a godly man after God's own heart. A godly woman known after God's own heart. To live a life worth of a calling. To live the life worth of the calling God has placed in our life. Every eye closed as we look to the Lord. I pray that we and some of us in this room, we get to surrender our life. We surrender to the calling. We surrender to the promise of heaven. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him through our knowledge of him him who has called us by his own glory and goodness his divine power has given us everything brothers and sisters walk out of this room knowing that you have everything God has already given you when you walk out with Christ you have everything that you already wanted. You have everything that you already needed. I pray that you will walk into your office rooms with Jesus with you. You'll walk into your examinations with Jesus with you. Your life's journey with Jesus with you. And when you do so, know that if you have Jesus with you, you have everything that you needed. Only He can satisfy us. Every eye closed in this moment. Only only Jesus can satisfy. Human words can fail. Accomplishments can fail. But having God in our life that holds our lives together.